Last week, we talked about the driving force in your organization. This week, we talk with a powerful nonprofit leader about using past organizational experiences to form successful leadership. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. Welcome back to the podcast. Ted and I are so excited because today we have Cece Turlow with us. She is the founder and executive director at Terebinth Refuge. Uh, they offer a holistic program for adult women who have been sexually trafficked and exploited. Uh, she's been a speaker at some TEDx events um, and is just an incredible person. Joining her, we have Jane Hilberg DeLarco. Uh, she's a volunteer and a staff member at Terebinth Refuge, as well as a hairstylist socialpreneur. So thank you so much, Cece and Jane, for being here today. Thank Thank you, you. Lisa and Ted, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is going to be kind of a two-parter podcast. So today we're going to focus a little bit more on Cece and the background with your work and what you've done with Terabith Refuge. So Cece, would you go ahead and share some of your background and kind of how you got to this point? Okay. Um, So I started, well, (laughs) I have worked um, for quite a few, many years with teen teens and a lot off most often with teen girls and so um, some of that work started in the Twin Cities but I spent over 24 years in Benson Minnesota at a program called Heartland Girls Ranch and that was a program that worked with um, girls with emotional behavioral issues and horses were a big part of the healing process at that program and during I helped to get that program started with the original um, the person who had the vision for it but also um, was able to work most positions that they had. So eventually I landed as executive director. But during that time, um, I recognized uh, because of some opportunities that arose with Heartland Girls Ranch, meaning um, we had expanded and there was a time when the people in the community had talked about and have been talking about sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And when they knew that we had expanded, they said, have you ever considered using your old house for sex traffic teens? And so at that time, the director and myself were able to go to visit some programs in California and really learn a lot about it, only to come back and realize we'd been working with those girls because mm. they didn't necessarily identify that way mm. and say, oh, I'm being sex mm. trafficked. So um, with coming back and having amazing um, material that some gracious programs gave to us. I started a group, and that was way back in um, 2003. (laughs) And then fast forward to 2007, God really was the one who had the vision for Terebinth Refuge. And I had a Mm. word um, during a night, an evening of uh, worship and uh, fellowship with uh, adults and just um, some people who had the gift of prophetic word. And God spoke to me about one day being the director of a nonprofit where um, God would have equal pulling power and just some beautiful mm. imagery that was was said at the time and I didn't really fully understand what that meant. Then fast forward, um, in our state, we as a state in Minnesota have done really good work with Safe Harbor. And Safe Harbor is a law that got passed in Minnesota 
in 2011, and that is a law that has been passed in a lot of states in our country. It's an important law, but Minnesota is one of the few states that has done a lot with that law. And that law is about um, making sure that youth are not victimized and not treated as criminals when they are found being sex trafficked or exploited. Mm. And so I think in history past, people's attitude was, you know, look at that girl. She's just wants to be out there. You know, this is she's just a bad little girl. And the reality is these kids are groomed <coughs> into this life. Right. And so this law was passed in 2011. And in Minnesota, the legislature, there have been some great studies with the Human Trafficking Task Force in the Twin Cities. And the legislature tasked people from that task force to really look at a model, a statewide model. And I got to be a part of that and part of the working of figuring out that model. And by 2000, um, whew, I'm getting my dates off, but we eventually came up with the, the Safe Harbor No Wrong Door model, which is okay. statewide. It has a state director. We have navigators in different regions of the state. And we have different Heartland Girls Ranch at the time in 2014 when it was implemented became the first one of the first of four organizations that were going to provide services so that's when I was able to start the Hearts for Freedom program. Okay. Since then Safe Harbor has expanded in our state and we have quite a few um, programs throughout the state that are for youth and we also were able to go back to the legislature and change youth all the way up to age 24. But mm -hmm. God really showed me there really isn't much for adult women. And just because you turn 18 or you turn 25 doesn't mean that suddenly you need to, okay, you know, get a hold of your life and you need to start, grow up and do the right thing. By then there is so many barriers. There's mm -hmm. um, just the trauma, the lack of skills, um, mental health issues, criminal record. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm. And so, um, these women really need help, and God really showed me through a series of events in my life that this was the direction I was to take, and he opened some amazing doors that ended up in St. Cloud, and the community has been just amazing there to really embrace because there is a task force there that have been working these cases in the, in the central Minnesota community and had a lot of, seen a lot of exploitation and trafficking. In fact, Traffickers saw the central Minnesota area as a grooming ground. Mm. Um, a lot of that to do with the location. Sure. And so they were looking, they had different um, programs that were working to solve this issue, but there was no place the women could go once that they had been found. I mean, they always ended up back with their abusers, so they knew that they needed mm -hmm. a safe shelter. And the doors were opened and the support was there and God was able to really bring Terebinth Refuge into fruition in that community. So, so how would you define Terebinth Refuge then as? It's not, it's not really a halfway house. <clears throat> so how would you define it? Yeah, we are a shelter and safe home. So okay. we have shelter and we have transition, two programs. And we are a program that is able to bring holistic healing to the women that come to us because we recognize if you don't approach that body, mind, soul, and spirit is how we define it. Um, if they don't get healing in all those areas, the chances of them getting out of the life permanently is very, very low. Right. 
Oh, that's so important. I mean, and, and you understand too from your experience the power that, you know, somebody <laughs> taking action in your life is what led you to be actually be able to help these women when, when someone spoke that prophetic word mm-hmm. over you mm-hmm. had such a drastic impact in your life to be able to see and now you're able to kind of turn that around and do the same thing for these women. Yes. That's awesome. Um, as So before you were working in a different organization, you said, um, I got to work most positions and eventually ended up executive director. How has that, as you started Terebinth Refuge, how has your experience working in so many different positions changed um, the way that you view the leaders underneath you, the way and underneath it's even the right word. And I know you're going to say something about that, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> how's it that you find yourself interacting with the people who you've brought around you? And I'm sure Jane has some stuff that she could add to this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believe that servant leadership is the way to go. And as I had shared before, that um, we view our org chart with the base being the board of directors, myself, and then moving on up. Um, having worked in m- all these types of positions from case manager to program director to on the floor advocacy, all of that, um, it just helps me to understand the ins and outs of every part of programming and just how the challenges and the joys. <laughs> and it's so important to be able to understand that because, you know, it can be tough. You know, as an advocate on the floor with the women, it can be hectic and stressful. <laughs> and, you know, you're running here and there. But also, it sometimes is a job where you go, I can't believe I'm being paid to do this. <laughs> you know, where right. you're, you're enjoying time with someone and you're doing an activity or out biking or, you know. So it has, you know, and being able to understand the full, ram, you know, full ramifications of that position, it's, it's important so I can be supportive in the way that staff need. Yeah, and you can you you know what it's like to be yes. in those positions, right? Exactly. You know the tough things about it. I like what you said too, because especially in nonprofit work, but I guess you know in in any business, especially if it's one where you really care about the people that you're working with, you're not just in it for a buck. I know our our, our listeners are they care more, even if you you know own a concrete company. Mm-hmm. The reason that you're listening to this podcast is because you care about making the life of the people around you and the people who are stakeholders not just shareholders, right? The people who are affected by your company, your business, like about making that better for them. Because of that, it's important to be able to see things from their angle and look at how does this impact somebody and not just separate yourself, mm-hmm. right? But um, I've heard the the term thrown around before, the idea of uh, ministry and nonprofit work being brutal. You ever heard that before? Oh, no. It's it gets, it's beautiful, but it's also brutal. Yeah. Like it, it'll it'll knock you out. Like it is it can be really tough sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful to see the changes in people's lives and the ability yes. to draw them out of uh, terrible circumstances and terrible positions mm-hmm. and see them moving forward. Yeah. So So Jane, I want to ask you cuz the way that you've spoken to us about Cece over the time that we've been able to, you obviously think so highly of her. What is it in particular about her as a leader that makes you so compelled just to be a part of what's happening? When I met Cece and had my interview, she was just real. Hmm. She, Her passion is right there in front of you. She describes things in a way that you can't deny it. Hmm. You, you can't deny that that God is there, that things will move if you listen. Mm-hmm. And her knowledge is just amazing. I just, the, the stories that she told me during my interview were just fantastic. And, <laughs> you know, you hear people say, I want what they have. Mm. 
in, you know, a lot of times we talk about it, that's with God. We want, you know, like mm -hmm. we want what they have and what is it? Nobody knows what that is. <laughs> and when it comes to work, that's what I saw it when I'm like, I want that. I volunteered at a lot of places in my life and COVID took some of that away mm -hmm. and I wanted it back. And Cece gave me that opportunity just to like walk in and be like, hey, we'll let you. When mm. the world says you can't, it was you can't. <laughs> it, and it was fantastic because that that's who I am. That's who my family is. And they allowed my girls to come in. I have three teenage girls and they let us in. And it was mm. with open arms and with that love that, hey, you have a heart to do this. We're going to find something for you to do. And it was that's just awesome. She had it and I want it. <laughs> it's a really cool holistic approach because I think a lot of people get, you know, in this mindset, I'm doing, I'm trying to do this mission and they forget that the mission includes all the people who are helping mm -hmm. as well. Not just the people you are helping, but the people who are helping. Well, mm -hmm. that, that was confusing. That. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are part of the organization too, because they have callings and giftings and mm -hmm. abilities that are coming alive in them and you're giving them an opportunity to grow in those and actually use them. That's part of their story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And I, I think about um, when I talk about volunteers who come in, I, I describe it as pouring into our women because mm -hmm. so often the women that have been exploited and trafficked have had very little opportunity to try to discover who they are. Mm -hmm. So when you can bring people who have different giftings, whether it's doing hair or a passion to do different projects or someone who likes gardening or someone who likes to bake or someone who is musically inclined or artistic, you're going to each woman's going to attract to something and start to discover something about herself that this is hey, I want to do this. This I like mm -hmm. this, you know. So we mm -hmm. want to give them opportunities to discover who they are. That's awesome. That's amazing. So with everything that happened in 2020, COVID, there's a lot of transition. Um, what's been your biggest takeaway from that season? Kind of a big question. A big you can question. think about it. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the biggest takeaway <laughs> is no matter what negatives are happening, God will make a bigger, better positive. Mm -hmm. That's good. Because I would never, I shouldn't say never, the likelihood of me hearing about Terebinth had COVID not happened is slim to none. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And the people I've met through other areas is slim to none. And I have better friends, better opportunities now in the chaos that we're in mm -hmm. than I did before. That's good. I mean, how I, f it was, it was a by chance that I heard about Terebinth. It was at a bonfire. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learn something new. And, and, and it just, yeah. it's, it's made better things. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest take back. Cool. And I think just that God makes a way. And, mm. you know, we, there were definitely some challenges, but we grew through those, through those challenges and learned and there's, he makes a way. That's good. Those are, it, we, we've talked to a lot of different leaders, right? And they all talk about having to navigate and figure out and pivot and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I love about you guys is you've tapped into something bigger than yourself mm -hmm. to help to help navigate, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm trying to figure it out all myself and, you know, it's you really tapped into God and what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really big deal because just trying to kind of trying to do it on your own is really, really tough <laughs> and probably kind of impossible. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially when you're dealing with such a big mission mm -hmm. and you have such a big heart for it, it can feel like how can we even do this? But then reminding yourself that you're not on your own trying mm -hmm. to take this on. 
is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing a little bit just about your background, because you've had so much work with so many different organizations and then working uh, with the government to get different things done. If you're looking at someone who's kind of at more the beginning stage of starting a nonprofit, they have an idea in their heart, they don't quite know what it is, they're trying to maybe figure it out. Uh, what advice would you have for them? Okay. Um, I think it is so important as a Christian person to really pray and know and follow God's direction. And so I had shared um, obedience is God's love language and being able mm-hmm. to tap into what God is saying and really listen and then be obedient. If he says, you know, go meet that person or open this door or whatever, that's where you're going to really see success. And then I always feel it's so important to tap into the people who are knowledgeable and have done this road already. Why mm-hmm. why um, reinvent the wheel? Exactly. And so, you know, I've always been very open to folks because there's different organizations that are working to open doors for women and children. And I love it when people come and, you know, I'm willing to share whatever I can to help that process because we're all stronger the more we work together absolutely and more gets done i mean the efforts get really you know multiplied so making sure that they don't try to just do it themselves but can you know be able to approach others that know the issue have done the work and tap in as much as they can yeah i love that i think um a lot of times in nonprofits, there's people forget that we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. And when one succeeds, we all succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in business, there can be a little bit more of a cutthroat. Like someone <laughs> has to win. It's com- mm-hmm. it's competitive. But in nonprofit, what I've seen is the people who have had the most experience and have had the right people investing in them over the years are the most likely to then invest in the next group yes. of people. And that's such a beautiful thing because it's humbling Mm -hmm. to be at the beginning of a process and saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes we want to be the people who can figure it out yourselves. But there's something so important that comes from having the humility to approach another leader and start the sentence with, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Would you help me? Um, And I think especially in servant leadership and especially in nonprofit work, having the humility to set yourself aside in order to reach something that's better Mm -hmm. for the people you're trying to help is it's so important. We talk about building a legacy is the idea of like passing a torch, Mm -hmm. right? And I think to learn how to pass a torch, you also have to learn how to accept a torch and learn how to humble yourself enough to say, this person has something that I need to learn how to do. I'm not going to just try to do this all on my own. Because once you learn how to accept critique and best practices and things to actually be able to move something forward, now you have the ability, I think, a little bit better mm-hmm. from on the experience side to be able to hand that torch out to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Where if you do try to just trudge the entire path all by yourself, you're going to possibly get like a little bit of a pride complex and think, well, you should have to do that too. Because I <laughs> had to go through all this trouble. <laughs> but... Um, Jane, I love what you said earlier, because we talked a lot in, in these podcast episodes about like what makes strong organizations. And we look at the leadership a lot of times and say, like, what about leaders really make a strong organization? And you mentioned one thing like right away when you said, like, what kind of attracted you to Terebinth? And um, you said just her knowledge, ability and her just development as a leader was like, this is a person I want to follow. And I think, you know, a lot of people listening right now have this idea in their head of like, I have this idea, this idea is really good. So people people should follow me because of the idea. 
And I think that that's important, but it's really important as a leader to develop to develop yourself, to be mm-hmm. the leader that people say, tell me where to go, tell me what to do. I want to do that because I trust you. I trust you as the leader to make good decisions and to help me figure out how to do this best. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, when you're looking for people to volunteer with you, either CC or Jane, whoever wants to answer, um, what qualities are you looking for in the people that you're bringing into your organization? I want to know because you have amazing staff. I want to know what you are looking for. Because I love where I work. I love volunteering there. This group of people are amazing. A lot of it for us is really um, passion, um, Hmm. the desire to learn. Some, you know, I think a big part of it, we talk about this all the time, is people who are healthy in their boundaries. That's that's really an important piece, too. That's a big one. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a huge one. (laughs) Um, And really, it's, it's for us really praying about each interview and, and selecting someone who has some skills but yet has an ability wants to grow and so it's not like you have to be a you know professional person who's been doing this work forever um, we also look for survivors you know often survivors mm-hmm. are people who are attracted survivors of different things and we always it's nice to have survivors of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation but we're all survivors in different ways and mm-hmm. and I know people who are survivors are attracted to this, but you also want to make sure that they're healthy and able to handle, right. you know, the triggering things that could happen when you're listening to other to women's stories. So it's really a lot of it's praying for the right people, you know, and and mm-hmm. um, just knowing where their heart is at and why they want to do the work. Hmm. I love that you have that kind of like clearly defined in your mind. Of like this is who we're looking for, mm-hmm. and you know we. Not that we like want to just say no all the time to people, but it's so important to have the right people in the organization yes. mm-hmm. to have, you know, kind of like a, almost like a checklist of like, these are the things that we're really looking for. If mm-hmm. we can get all five of these things, that person's going to be a great fit mm-hmm. with this organization. And they're going to deeply care about what we're doing, not just kind of be like, oh yeah, it's a good cause. Mm-hmm. You want right. them to be like right. the mm-hmm. kind of person who like tears up when they think about what they're doing, right? Like Jane does a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, there there needs to be a healthiness and mm. an ability to care deeply, but also to have those boundaries that you can really be a mentor and a guide to someone. And mm. um, and it can be tricky, but it's you know, there's a lot of you know, like Jane said, we have some amazing staff, and mm. there's some you know wonderful people out there that can fit the bill. So let's camp on that for just a second. Cause I think this is a really, this isn't a conversation we've had very often about the idea of boundaries. So like, how do you define that? Like what is, what are, what are the healthy boundaries look like? Healthy boundaries are with someone who is confident in who they are. Um, I often think in Christ, but you know, just sure. who they are and are able to care deeply for someone, but also pull back and not enable <laughs> or not get, sucked into um emotion of oh sure. this poor, poor oh she's lived such a terrible life i'll just do whatever she wants me to do <laughs> you know which sure. is not healthy right. so it's really being able to care and be a good guide and a mentor to someone without mm. um and knowing knowing what what is um healthy for you and healthy for them that's mm. good because yeah you see that a lot in like ministries in particular we're really trying to help 
people who are broken. It can be just a black hole. There's always yeah. more you could do. Yeah. And so figuring out how can I do this long term mm-hmm. rather than just like do it for a week and, and, and burn, burn out. out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it too is you can forget as a leader or as a volunteer, you can forget individually that having healthy boundaries for yourself is actually helping the person you're trying to help yes. too. Like me breaking my own boundaries only hurts the person that I'm trying to help. Exactly. Um, and it limits my ability to work long term. And so really understanding that that's yeah. so important. I think too, and it, it models healthy yes. boundaries, right? Because yeah. that's so important. Yeah, because this clientele that is they have, that's where it's broken very much in their lives. And mm-hmm. so they really need staff that can really model that, as you said. This is what a strong, confident, happy, joyful person looks like mm-hmm. and acts like. And if you, you're going to want what I have, I need to be able to show you what that looks like, not just tell you, well, don't do this and do do that, yeah. but like actually model that. That's really, really good. Yeah. Well, I am loving this conversation, but I do need to start wrapping up. So, Cece, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, um, what does the idea of building a legacy mean to you? I feel it is so important. I believe God gave me this um, mission to really help more women. And I, long after I'm gone, or do, you know, I just pray that it continues and many women are able to escape this life of exploitation and tra- you know tra- trafficking. And um, so for me, it's seeing this organization really function well and to keep moving forward. And um, that would be the very best for me to be able to see. Because I know there's organizations that start out big and you know, and then all of a sudden things happen and then they fall. And mm-hmm. I just believe as the right people um, take play- their place in this organization and really have their heart tuned to God and what his desires are for this organization and for the women, then I just know it can move forward in a really healthy way. Love that. Um, where can our listeners find you in Terebinth Refuge? Um, and what can they do to get involved? Um, we, how people can get involved is we love volunteers. Um, sometimes we, you know, ask for new staff. You know, we're often, you know, hiring. and um, But people can get involved with their finances because this organization runs on don- donations and grants. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. whether a person just gives one time or wants to give monthly, we love all gifts. Um, again, volunteering and sharing a gift or a skill that they have with the women to just give them opportunity to experience new things. Or whether it's driving women to appointments, we are always needing drivers. Um, mm. So that's a really helpful thing. Or whether it's someone who just is good at maintenance and mowing and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of volunteer opportunities and praying for us. Um, We Mm -hmm. really value the prayers of the community and people who are willing to just commit to that because without God, I don't think we'd be, (laughs) we would not (laughs) be doing well. So um, we know there's a community that prays for us. And something else that we really tried you know we've been working on is making sure that every woman that comes to us has someone who's praying for them whether they know their um anything about them but maybe just a a first name and an age to know that there is one person who's praying consistently for them is huge so that's another way a person can we call them prayer partners so a person can sign up for that if they're interested in that way cool and they can find that on your website 
Yes, they can contact us, 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 and we would get them in contact with the person who could get them signed up for that. So we are on, on www.terebinthrefuge.org, and we are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter. And our number is, our office number is 320-828-7721. Awesome. Uh, we'll also include all the information in the show notes. So definitely take a look at Terebinth Refuge. Thank you so much, Cece and Jane, for joining us today. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 